Everything, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and my world has been turned upside down this week. As some of you know, I went back to New York. Uh, I moved from there to L.A. about six or seven years ago. We were back and forth for a bit, but now we are full-time L.A. But I am nothing if not loyal. And I love to champion the people and businesses that I adore, so I still see the same hairstylist there, and I still have the same doctor. Yes, uh, I get my annual physical whenever I'm back in New York. And so I did that this past week, And I mentioned my regular bill of health nonsense that I'm dehydrated, that I've been like kind of getting dizzy when I exercise a bit, that I'm kind of thirsty all the time. And my doctor reminded me that I say this every year and encouraged me to eat a lot more salt to try to counteract the endless dehydration. So in conversation, I promise this is going somewhere. I realized, wait, is my body desperately craving salt so much that I'm obsessed with popcorn? And she was like, yeah, probably. Probably. My life is a lie, people. The reason that I'm taking home bags of popcorn, bags, Ziploc, homemade Ziploc bags. The biggest bags aren't Ziploc, the bags aren't homemade, but you know what I mean. Like taking a Ziploc bag, putting it in my purse every time, filling it up with popcorn, eating it on the way home. The reason I do that is because my body needs the nutrients, not just because that's my fun, indulgent snack. Like, am I really a dull whip person, but my body just needs more salt than sugar, so I'll never know it? It is blowing my mind. Your resident popcorn-fueled goofball is having a full-blown identity crisis and does not know how to cope with this news. I mean, I guess I could choose to interpret it as me fueling my body by eating it. So therefore, if I indulge in three popcorns a day at Disneyland, it's totally fine and cool and healthy, right? It's not just that like, uh, I just ate a half bag of, what is this called? Boom Chicka Pop for breakfast. I have a whole fridge full of stuff and yet I still reached for the popcorn. Oh my God. Oh my God. My life is a lie. But I will say this. After eating this much popcorn, after eating as much as I do at Disney parks, I feel great. <laughs> so maybe there's something to it. Maybe uh, maybe I love the popcorn and I need it. And because of that, it has become a holy food for me. Oh my God. Who am I? I don't even know myself anymore. <sighs> this week, to move on from popcorny news, we are catching up on the Churros Hotline, which has ringing off the hook since we came back for this season. I am my own worst enemy when it comes to spoiling things, so I'm going to try to say this and get out of it really quick, but we have a few episodes lined up for the next like six to eight weeks. They're going to drop it sometime in there that are so good, and I am so excited about them, and I cannot tell you anything, but I have to tell you something because I can't keep a secret, so I'm just going to tell you it's really great, and you should be really excited. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, Just get excited for things that I can't tell you. I hate keeping secrets. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I did want to take a moment before we get into the show. Um, Clearly, I have so much energy today. I haven't even had coffee. It is all popcorn. My body must be like, we're back. We have salt. We can live. (laughs) But I did want to take a moment to say thank you to every single person who bought something at the Very Amusing Shop. Uh, I'm blown away. I can't believe it. It is unreal that people are wearing these clothes out in the world. They exist. They've been worn to theme parks. They've been worn to Pixar. They've been worn everywhere. It's it's absolutely mind-blowing. My skull is just filled with jelly now because I can't handle it. I am so excited about it. I'm so glad that you all like the designs. Thank you so much for the support. I'm so happy that we could, like, like, make 
make things that people uh, really enjoy wearing. I, I love that they can kind of spread joy to those around them because like the phrase very amusing is fun. So it's like you can excite people around you. It's great. It's great. It's great. Thank you so much to everyone who bought stuff. I cannot wait to run up to you in public in the park and uh, and yell hello or just um, make fun of you for eating peel top cheese. More on that <laughs> later <laughs> in this episode. I guess, why don't we just turn it over? Uh, this week, we're hopping into Churros Land, answer some calls, some feedback, and some hot takes. So stick around. We'll be right back with more. Hi, Kali. I'm Wyatt. I'm four years old. I'm a Gryffindor. Why you? And I like your podcast. Wyatt, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for calling into the Churros Hotline. Now, I'm so glad to hear you're a Gryffindor. Gryffindors are wonderful. However, I myself am a Slytherin. I know, I feel a little drawn towards Gryffindors. You know, the sorting hat kind of does that. But I do believe that in my heart of hearts, I am a Slytherin. From what I've gleaned from reading all the Harry Potter books many, many times, from seeing all the films, Slytherins really uphold the truth more than some other things, if you look at it in a certain perspective. And I feel like me as a journalist and as a reporter, I really get along with the vibe of a Slytherin who just uh, calling it like they see it, uh, striving towards their goals. This is a very positive outlook on the Harry Potter franchise of these characters and um, ratting people out, which is also spreading truthfulness. So to me, I am a I am a Slytherin and I think I would have had so much fun if I went to Hogwarts. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and for liking it and for calling. Thank you, Wyatt. Hi, Carly. This is Zach from Orlando, and I just finished binging your entire show over the last three weeks, and I absolutely love the show, but I do have a couple notes. Your mom is amazing and should have her own spinoff podcast. Ending your vacation on a high is scientifically proven to make better memories, and that is why you should always turn right at Epcot. End with the best, Carly. End with the best. Minnie's Bakehouse cookies are not trash. They're absolutely delightful, although I will concede that the ones in the case are just the wrapped ones taken out of the plastic. I will become the enemy of the show with this, but I just don't get Duffy. It feels like the most marketing made by committee by the numbers thing that Disney has ever made until maybe the most recent Star Wars, but please change my mind. I have a fact that you might enjoy. I used to work with the executive chefs at Disney and in their office, they have a small closet with a fold up table and they have two chairs and two place settings. They use it to test the weight of the chairs and the knives and the forks and the place settings. So just picture two chefs sitting in a closet going, yeah, this is good. And I would also choose Goofy over Robin Hood, just so you know. My, 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 Zach, I, when you said you binged the podcast, I, I figured, you know, it's like how I might say I didn't eat anything today when really I just had a small lunch and a whole breakfast. <laughs> I didn't realize that you really listened to the whole thing and I, it's evident from your call because you know everything. You are on it. Now, I, I must, because I let you publicly disparage me in terms of the World Showcase, I must respond and tell you that, I mean, I'm kind of stuck because I do believe in science. Uh, I do understand what you're saying. And you are right. You do want to end on a high note. You do want to end on top. However, I cannot <laughs> cannot co-sign your perspective on turning right at World Showcase, especially because the longer you spend in the Florida sun, the 
longer you wait to eat or eat too much and then are full and it's hot weather, the longer you start drinking alcoholic beverages and they start, you know, once you get to your third, your fourth, and you're heading towards Mexico, you can't fully enjoy a margarita as you can when it's your first drink and it's how you're taking a cool sip of a margarita. So I still contend that one must turn left to go to Mexico first because who knows where the day's going to go? What if you uh, go to ride Frozen Ever After and then hours pass and you're like, oh no, I have to get back to the hotel for dinner. We never got to go to Mexico. I always like to do what I like first and not wait just in case things happen, which I guess undermines science, but also proves my point somehow. <laughs> Um, in terms of Minnie's Bakehouse cookies, they are trash. You are wrong. Uh, I do love this detail that they're the same as the ones in the bags. What? Um, maybe that's why I don't like them because, you know, you're in a bakery. You want things to be fresh. You see everyone toiling through that glass window, making toffee, making marshmallow wands, making caramel apples. Like, the cookies aren't as fresh or as soft as they should be, especially when Walt Disney World has the best cookie at Gideon's Bakehouse. So, um, no, I will not eat those Minnie's Bakehouse cookies that look like they came out of an ice cream scooper. You know what it looks like? It looks like when you see fake ice cream at an ice cream parlor when they have like a scoop of ice cream out front and it's just made of plastic. That's what those cookies look like. They just have a weird little scoop shape to them, and I find them to be very dry and crumbly and frankly not good. Uh, I also appreciate the detail about the secret restaurant closet. I I love that. I love that if so, it was someone's first day, they might open a door and come upon two chefs just having casually having a candlelit dinner inside a closet with apparently like no food and just utensils. <laughs> Incredible. Either way, thank you so much for calling. I appreciate this. And I will use your detail about the bakehouse cookies to remind people to never eat them again. <laughs> thank you. Oh, and one more thing. Um, your little comment about how my mom should have her own podcast, I will probably be reminded of that from now until the year 2072. So thanks for that, Zach. <laughs> my mom is going to elbow me into an episode together again. Oh, I, I should just give in. I shouldn't resist. Let me know if you want that because nobody wants me just yelling at my mom for 40 minutes while driving to work, right? I assume not. Well, let me know. Okay, bye. Hi, Carly. This is Grace. Um, in Miami, and I love the podcast, and I'm just calling because, so I just finished your uh, episode from last week on your favorite Disneyland snacks, and I was in the parks a couple of weeks ago at, at Disney World, and I got a pretzel, and it might have been just I haven't had it in a long time, or um, the frenzy of running straight to rise and skipping breakfast, and I was so hungry I didn't notice it, but I ate it with the peel-top cheese. Typically, I'm a plastic cheese gal, but I ate it with the peel-top cheese, and the weird, like, tanginess that normally is in the peel-top cheese is wasn't there. Again, maybe I just didn't notice it, but I was wondering if you could figure out if the peel-top cheese recipe has changed, or maybe, I don't know. I don't, maybe it was just me, but I, I'd love to see if you have any thoughts on that. Thanks for everything you do. Bye. All right, Grace, we are going to enter honesty hour here on the 747 Churros episode of Very Amusing because I may have something that I need to admit, but please listen to the whole story and don't run with the headline here. <sighs> I went to Disneyland a few weeks ago with my family. And while some people went on Space Mountain, myself and my brother and my brother's child and their friend's child took a break. We just took a load off in Tomorrowland and we got some pretzels for the kids and for us to share. 
We got them with the peel top cheese, which I hate, but I'm not going to tell a four-year-old to not get the peel top cheese when there's a Mickey shaped pretzel in front of them. And we got it and I dunked people. I dunked. I dunked that pretzel in the cheese. I was like, wait, this is actually melted. This isn't the most horrific thing I've ever eaten. I texted Brooke, uh, Brooke McDonald, who you know, a fellow Disney reporter, and I told her if she told anyone, I would kill her. <laughs> so uh, I did have a moment similar to yours, Grace, where I was like, maybe this plastic cheese is not absolutely horrific, but it comes back. Don't, no, don't worry. We still hate plastic cheese because what what the what it all comes down to is that the peel top cheese is not a regulated product. You can get one and it could be perfect consistency, totally smooth. It could look and appear like true nacho cheese. And you can get it and it could be chunky. It could be like a Greek yogurt with just that depth and that thickness. And you put your pretzel in, you pull it out and there's no cheese because it's a paste. It's a paste, people. It's a paste. And the fact that you can get one or the other and you have no idea what you're going to get, it depends on how warm the cheese is, it depends on how often they're selling them, it depends on so many factors that are out of your control that I simply cannot advocate it nor get it. Because if you're like me, you have had a chunky cheese too many times. Too many times. Too many times have I had that chunky cheese and I will never, ever eat it again. And anyone who runs Run Disney, who ran Run Disney recently, you know what I'm talking about. That little box they gave you full of food with the peel top cheese that is room temp and just solid, not in a fun handy snacks way. No, thank you. So, Grace, I wanted to say that as part of it. But I also want to acknowledge that there are different players in the game when it comes to peel top cheese. There are some, I believe it's Alejandro's on the go. Uh, I don't know why I thought I didn't have to Google this. <laughs> Like, do I know this by heart? Do I know this by heart? I do. This is so embarrassing. So yeah, Alejandro on the go cheddar cheese flavored cup is not terrible. I haven't had as many paste like experiences with that one. And there is a little jalapeno pepper in it. So if you've gotten that one, that would be mine. It has a little bit of a zing or like it tastes a little like, oh, this might actually taste like nacho cheese. It's because that brand is the better of the options. But generally speaking, Peel top cheese is a no-go, my friends. Just get hot nacho cheese. It's never going to solidify on you. You're never going to feel like you're making a peanut butter sandwich out of a Mickey pretzel when you just need to eat something. You're in the middle of Magic Kingdom and you're starving. So yeah, you are not wrong, but also um, the nacho cheese supremacy reigns supreme. Okay, uh, please nobody, uh, nobody yell at me and say that I like peel top cheese because I don't. It's all about the temperature. The temperature can't be controlled well. Okay, bye. Hey, Carly, you said that text should work, so hopefully a voice note will work as well. I'm a big fan of very amusing and really excited to be reaching out to you this way. Um, so my family is a big theme park family, and obviously we haven't been doing that the last couple of years. The last time we were in Orlando together um, as a big trip was in January of 2019. So we are finally getting ready to go back, myself, my husband, my 15-year-old stepson, and my 19-year-old brother, for a nine-day trip the first week of April. This trip is also unique, not only because we're finally coming back together and doing something we love as a family, but because we're staying at Disney Resort. So normally when we go, we stay at Universal. We are very well-versed in Universal. Um, and we Uber a couple days to Disney parks 
but we decided it was finally time for a Disney-centric trip. So we are doing nine days at the resort. We are doing the park for six <laughs> days. So we're spending one day in each park, and then we are repeating at Epcot and Magic Kingdom um, because we love those parks and are least familiar with Magic Kingdom. So want to spend some extra time there. What I'm reaching out to you about is what we should do with the days that we are not in the parks. So we have some great dinner reservations. We are planning to go see the new Cirque du Soleil show. Um, definitely do some shopping, spend some time at Disney Springs. But what else should we be doing on resorts that we don't know about? I have not stayed in a Disney hotel since I was 12 years old and got pneumonia and wound up in the hospital, um, which is something for another day. But we'd love to know, what should we be doing at the resort? Should we be playing mini golf? Should we be going to a show? I just, I have no idea where to start and would love your expertise. Well, it sounds like you're on the right path. Disney Springs, dinner reservations, shopping, but I still have plenty of other recommendations for you. If you're interested in venturing out elsewhere in Orlando, I have some recommendations for you there as well. Be warned though, most of it does revolve around food, as does almost everything I do. Obviously, we are huge fans of Jeff's Bagel Run here. Be sure to get there early because they do sell out, but the Rosemary Salt Bagel, whoo, incredible. There's also a sizable Vietnamese food scene in town, which makes for a great lunchtime break from the food in the parks. And while you're there, be sure to hit East End Market. It's the original location of Gideon's Cookies and is surrounded by a lot of other cool small businesses that you'll find yourself wanting to buy stuff from, especially the coffee vendor there. There's even a little bakery that I like to go to. Now, if you want to go to a really good donut shop, I'd hit up Donut King. They make the big pink Simpsons donuts for Universal Studios Florida, but they have a great variety of options, and I love to bring them back to the room. The Lakeland Antique Mall is also widely known for having a bunch of theme park vintage treasures if you want to scoop up a unique souvenir. And I've also heard about this other spot, Forever Vintage and Surplus, but I don't know much beyond that. From what I understand, Lakeland is the place to go. As a reminder, you can always rent a car for the day through the Disney World Car Care Center, which actually low-key gives you complimentary shuttle service to and from your resort hotel or the parks. I actually didn't know about that park bit until I was preparing for this. Or at the Walt Disney World Dolphin Resort, where I have rented and dropped off cars many times before. If you prefer to completely stay on property, no worries, I have plenty of stuff for you there too. All Disney resort hotels have a lot of activities going on all the time, but they're not really widely advertised. There's everything from nighttime movies to special tours and bookable experiences like horseback riding at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort, fishing in Bay Lake, and tons of other stuff beyond mini golf if that's not your vibe. You can check it out under the Things to Do tab on the Walt Disney World website. I'll also flag Hoopty Doo Musical Review, which is a wonderful night out, returns this summer. Depending on when your trip is, that could work for you. I'll also take this opportunity to mention just visiting other Disney hotels can be a great way to spend an afternoon, whether or not you dine in their restaurants. I assume you're usually in the parks when you're heading over from Universal, so you may not have had the opportunity to do that. My first place would be to head to Animal Kingdom Lodge to see the animals, which is amazing and you can do without even spending a dime. Otherwise, for like a nice little outdoor lunch or a casual dinner, Wilderness Lodge's Geyser Point Bar and Grill is fabulous. 
And, of course, taking the monorail around Magic Kingdom hotels to pop into those three makes for a great activity. Who knows? A character might even show up in the lobby from time to time, giving your little non-park day a little extra magic. At nighttime, I recommend still trying to watch entertainment from outside the parks. I'm not sure when your dinner reservations are, but Disney's Polynesian Village Resort is a great place to take in fireworks without splurging for park admission. You can get Dole Whip there, sit on the sand, and watch the show. But be sure to get there a little early because people do like to stake their spots in advance. Otherwise, you can perch there at Grand Floridian or at another hotel and get a really good view of the electrical water pageant. The schedule of when it passes by each resort is online, so you can plan your day accordingly. There's also one other option, this thing called Fairy Tale Fireworks. It's a dessert cruise that, despite the URL still saying wishes, does exist on Wednesday and Saturday nights. It's not cheap. It's $83.32 for people ages 21 and up. And I'm just not realizing their pricing is completely wrong <laughs> because uh, it's 83 bucks basically for people 21 and over. It's about $57 for ages 3 to 9, and I don't see anything from ages 9 to 21. So maybe we caught them in a legal loophole and it's free. <laughs> but either way, if that appeals to your group, it could be a better choice than an in-park dessert party upsell on a regular day of your visit. Otherwise, if you're like, eh, we don't want to spend that much money to watch the fireworks from a boat, plop on the beach and enjoy the show. Music is pumped in, so it's kind of like being there watching Enchantment, only with a much calmer vibe. I hope that helps, and I hope you have a wonderful trip. Have so much fun. Oh, nine days. What a dream. Anyone who's uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with FrameBridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer. And it thrills me to no end that because of FrameBridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. FrameBridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to FrameBridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's FrameBridge.com. Hi, Carly. This is Courtney calling from Washington, D.C. 
I've been watching a lot of Star Wars Galactic Cruiser footage, and I'm really impressed by the level of character interaction and seeing how all of the different scenes play out uh, from people using the interactions on their phones to then meeting up with the characters in person. And I'm just really curious how Disney recruited for those roles, how the you know characters stay connected via the app versus like who they're speaking to in person. I'm just I'm fascinated by it. Thank you so much for your podcast. Really love it. Bye. So there are a lot of Disney blogs and websites who covered the top level news of when Disney was hiring for Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. But for you, Courtney, I went to the source, Backstage.com, a.k.a. where actors and talent go to find new gigs. The job listings there for Star Cruiser are in-depth, so I'll try to keep it short. But this is the best way to explain it directly from that page. This company of actors will portray characters from a vast and diverse galaxy and will actively engage with passengers as much as with other performers. Every character will be leveraged for improvisational, scripted, and interactive moments. If you heard a weird noise in the background, that is Morty. It is my turn to watch him, so he's wiggling around, but it's totally fine. There are short little bios for almost every single character that exists on Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, but for someone like Sammy, the ship mechanic, that posting was in need of a friendly and engaging actor with strong improvisational abilities, something that every single posting stressed. A youthful late teens, 20s human with big dreams, Sammy's enthusiasm sometimes outpaces his capabilities, and as a result, he tries to present a braggadocious front to mask the vulnerability of being far from home. They have stuff like this for each and every character, but there are also audition sides, or what folks auditioning for these characters, like Scavenger Hero and Saber Trainer, would read in their submissions. There is a pretty frightening legal disclaimer on the bottom. on the bottom of those Disney audition sides. So I'm going to opt out of reading any of that dialogue here and link to it in the show notes. Uh, pretty sure they would be able to sue me for all I'm worth. Otherwise, thank goodness I formed an LLC. <laughs> uh, but I will just link to it because it's fun to read these audition packets that have things that feel Star Wars, but don't use any Star Wars words. I will add, it is a union job, and I saw a few different salaries listed, which frankly were hourly and not impressive. Again, uh, not official, could be a starting rate. I saw one posting with no fee. Uh, I mean, you get paid if they didn't have it posted, ones with different ones. But all I'm going to say is that personally, if I'm acting in this manner for six to seven hours straight, interacting with a bunch of strangers day after day after day after day, making the whole Star Cruiser experience happen, you're going to have to give me more coin than what they have presented on Backstage.com. You can go check it all out yourself. It is really interesting if you're kind of wondering how these things happen, because to read the descriptions and then to see these people in person, they got really good theatrical talent to fill all these roles. They really got such good actors <laughs> across the board. But uh, I'll drop that link in the show notes if you want to check it out and learn more. I recommend heading there. Thanks for calling. Hey, Carly. It's Kelly um, from Orlando. I am wondering if you know of any um, neurodiverse or autistic people that went on Star Cruiser and had some feedback on the experience um, in terms of 
sensory input, how loud it was for them, if the pace felt like too overwhelming for them, accommodations that they found and things like that. Um, or if you know of someone who um, kind of does what you do, but with an eye out for that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Asher is starting YouTube somehow fed him some Star Wars stuff. And um, although I know he's way too young for it now, um, I anticipate that there may be one day where this might be a good fit for him and was just looking for some feedback. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you, Kelly, so much for this call. So I am playing this publicly because I myself have not found the solution to this. I have not come across anyone who has had that experience, and I'm hoping I can find someone to connect to Kelly. So if you or your family or someone you know might have some advice or guidance to give to Kelly, I can connect you to. If you want it to be anonymous, I can play a call if you want to call 747churros or email me at 747churros at gmail.com. Uh, I would love to have some sort of knowledge on this, both for myself and to share publicly, because it's a really good question and it's extremely important. So if anyone knows any details, please let me know and I can hopefully inform all of us to what the answer is. Thank you so much for calling, Kelly. Hi there, Carly. I was a longtime listener um, and I was just listening to the Shrek Sember podcast. I know I'm grossly uh, late, but I was listening to the Shrek Simber podcast about the Shrek PhD, and it was very interesting when your guest pointed out uh, Prince of Egypt as a as a movie that is owned by Universal Studios now, and um, I was just thinking about, while it, I still agree that Shrek is Jewish and that he should be wearing a little dreidel sweater uh on his float in the holiday parade um why i think that maybe you're just thinking a little bit too small why not in the sinbad area of lost continent in islands of adventure which is now a closed era you know a stunt show spectacular um this space is used uh during the holidays as a Prince of Egypt show in the style of Candlelight Processional. It could be like a Grinchmas uh, thing, uh, and uh, they could have all the wonderful songs from Prince of Egypt and have a, a limited time event uh, where they celebrate um, the story of Prince of Egypt. Anyway, I think that this is this could be a package and it could create a sort of destination for uh, Universal Studios. Um, let me know what you think and uh, have a great day. Bye-bye. Now, naturally, I love this. I love this. This would be incredible. This would be so much fun. As a Jewish person who loves theme parks, I would love to have a destination inside a theme park that I could go to and be like, yeah, I get to celebrate my holiday too. But uh, the truth of it is I don't ever anticipate it happening. And uh, my my business brain, who has been in this world for a bit now, knows that it's never going to happen. We're still hoping that Universal Orlando Resort will sell one thing that nods to Hanukkah 
<laughs> so I don't know if we'll be getting a full physical space anytime soon. Um, also, when I reference like a place to go, I know that there is the, I believe it's called the Lachayam booth at Epcot's International Festival of the Holidays. I'm talking about a permanent, like, an actual theme park landy type of space in case anyone is like, well, 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 just wanted to let you know. Um, yeah, I, I'm really like, if you think about it, getting Shrek to wear a sweater is already going to be about, I envision it's going to take about six to seven years. It seems real easy. It seems real easy to be inclusive, to just put a sweater on a costume. Seems real easy. Just wink, wink to anyone listening. Seems like it's doable. But in the meantime, I will just uh, keep on tooting that horn to try to get some sort of larger scale uh, inclusivity and visibility in the theme parks. And I appreciate all of you for being by my side. Um, Again, I don't want to like take away any other activities. I think Grinchmas is awesome. I love Grinchmas. I love the Grinch. Um, I love when he eats the onions, even though I think he's given onions all the time now, which like really sucks. (laughs) Like that, not good. But regardless, I I just want to see a little something. I just want to go to Universal and feel like in the month of November, December, that I belong there a little smidge outside the ET ride because I always feel like I belong in the ET ride. Okay, I'm going to ramble about Shrek's Ember too much this December. Already know some of the episodes we're going to do. Cannot wait. But until then, uh, thank you for this call. And I will keep dreaming about the day that this would hypothetically one day exist. Hi, my name is Lydia. I'm from Pennsylvania, and I just have to say I love your podcast. I think it's fantastic. I'm going to be a soon-to-be travel advisor, so all of the fun tips and tricks I think are really going to help me in my new adventures. And i got to say, the last episode, perfect amount of time. It got me to and from, or no, it got me to work just on time. Like, it was the perfect length for me to drive from my house to my workplace. And it made me so happy. So thank you. And I can't wait to get um, my merch in the mail. Uh, Love you. Bye. Oh, I'm so delighted to hear that the episode all about the food was helpful to you. I mean, I kind of want to do more of them. There is part of my brain that's like I should be interviewing the chef who creates every food to give you inside scoops about it. But then sometimes I also just want to tell you where I like to eat because I have very specific taste that I like to shout from the rooftops. So thank you so much for your call. I did want to comment about the timing of the podcast because uh, y'all got to know that on the back end, so like, you know, like in my inbox, like from the team, um, it has been stressed to me no less than maybe a dozen times from uh, no fewer than four people (laughs) that I make these podcasts too long. They are too long. They are burdensome. And I, as you, if you go back In our podcast history, you will see that they went from like an hour and 45 minutes to about like an hour to about 50 minutes. Like we're trying to get them in a manageable time length because I'm myself, I'm really not listening to two hour podcasts and I don't want to put that burden on you. Also, many of the things I did starting out because I didn't know anything. I just started podcasting and I taught myself GarageBand. Like I found Jeff, who's the best. Uh, I I learned a lot of stuff just as I went. And one of those things I'm learning is the length. So I'm hoping that kind of I'm I'm hoping to eventually get all episodes between 30 and 50 minutes. I never want to stretch anything longer than it should be just to fill space. So Somewhere in there would be the ideal episode going forward. Um, I don't know if we'll have like super long bangers like we used to, because again, uh, I'm constantly told that is not good and <laughs> should not do it. So I'm finally taking the advice. I uh, just wanted to 
clear that up publicly and let you all know. And Lydia, good luck on uh, your future of being a travel advisor. So exciting. If you ever need snack tips, let me know. But uh, if you like peeled top cheese, no, no, no. Thanks for calling. so much for listening and thank you for calling into the 747 churros hotline you can rate review and subscribe to very amusing on apple podcasts you can subscribe or follow i should look up the terminology but they blended into one word in my brain and rate very amusing on spotify or you can just kick back and listen to it wherever you want man it's totally fine feel free i do have to mention we just crossed two thousand reviews on apple podcasts which is absolutely bonkers uh especially because every single one truly does matter and truly does count so thank you to everyone who took the time to plunk those little stars on their phone or on their computer everyone who decided to write a little review which feels i've said this before feels like a little high school yearbook that i get to see you all in and it's very very nice so i thank you so much and if you have free time and you haven't done it yet and you want to take literally 4.5 seconds just be like bam five stars love it here i would greatly appreciate it and then you'd be in this little club of like two thousand of us who just like hang out on apple Podcasts all the time it's very fun Thank you to everyone who bought and has so far worn very amusing merchandise. Oh my God. So much of it is pre-order, so it'll be coming out soon. But for those who did snag something that was in stock, ah, it is bringing me so much endless joy to see it online. We are currently in the middle of that restock, but... If you want to get your hands on something right now before we open the shop up again, once we are stocked up, please head to very-amusing.com and you can grab basically a hat or ET earrings. <laughs> that's that's all we have. The Very Amusing logo caps just arrived on Monday, so they'll be shipping out soon. And beyond that, we will give you a shout on my social media on here when the site is fully restocked, uh, when those guaranteed pre-orders are starting to go out. So just stick around. And if you really want something now, you can wear a hat like like I am, and uh, then our faces will be protected from the sun all summer long. Give us a ring at 747 Churros. You can find me, Carly Wiesel, at Carly Wiesel on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm, I'm on TikTok, but I hate it, so whatever. You can also join the Facebook family at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. If anyone was as invested in the Stony Clover Lane Target collab this past week as I was, we do have a thread going in the Facebook group that is full of people wanting to exchange items who are looking for items. So if there's something you wanted that you didn't get, or if you got something that you think someone else would want instead of just returning it to the store, head to my Facebook group and hopefully we can make some magic happen. This podcast was edited splendaciously by Jeff Fox. I have been doing this podcast for two years now, and I need to let you know (laughs) that I put my mic up so it's closer to my face on top of two books. One is by my friend Amy Solomon. It is a wonderful book featuring women in comedy. And the other one is called Foils Flavery. And I bought it when I read an interview about the final season of Schitt's Creek and how the writers came up with all those silly phrases from Moira Rose. And they used this book called Foils Flavery. And it is basically just a resource of bonkers words that aren't really used very often in modern day. I bought that book because I'm like, oh, that'll come in handy sometime in the future. And I have never opened it. And it has been sitting under my microphone for two years. A book 
full of words that I could use to describe Jeff Fox. Didn't even put it together that it was being used as a microphone stand. And I've just been Googling synonyms each and every week since. So from here on out, when you hear weird words, please know that I finally put that book to use as a book and not as just a little cute riser. So, Jeff, you did it splendaciously and get ready for some weird Bridgerton-era language coming your way. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hey, sweetie, it's Mom. I just want to tell you I want to mention one more thing about the merch. Um, I've been wearing my retro sweatshirt, and I am so so happy with it. I pull up the sleeves because most of my sweatshirts, when I pull up the sleeves, they fall down, but not this retro sweatshirt. It stays up all day. I love it. It is so soft. I wore it to my dance class yesterday and someone actually said to me, oh, I saw someone with that sweatshirt. And I'm like, where? I was so excited. I said, oh, that's my daughter's clothing line. I was very excited about it. Very proud. I just wanted to say, to be honest with everyone, I did buy the retro shirt and I did buy the rock band shirt, but I did guilt you into getting me the retro matching sweatshirt because I said, I've worked for you for two years because now it's kind of like I work for you, right? And I guilted you into a, a, an employee uniform. So I really, really love my sweatshirt, and I want to thank you for getting that for me because I just love it. Glad you had a good weekend. Happy birthday to your girlfriend, Lauren. And you had mentioned Stony Clover a couple times, and I wanted to tell you that they make the coolest things. I love that. I love that. I found out that they are doing a – Stony Clover is doing a drop with Target on April 2nd. So I went online, and there's so many cute things. There's, like, luggage and terry cloth bags and fanny packs, which you know I love. All right, back to Disney snacks. Um, I've never had a Matterhorn macaroon, but I do love coconut, so I definitely would try that. That sounds really good. I like the Dole Whip. I like the pineapple dough whip, and of course, of course, I love pretzels, and most of all, popcorn, my favorite. I'm glad you found your cheese. You cracked me up. Anyway, that's it for today, my love. It's a short week. I can't wait until next week's episode. I love you, honey. Bye, sweetheart.